0: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 407 of Locked On Raptors for Halloween, October 31st. This is our second episode today. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode, And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. we got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke, we've also got... The Locked On NFL shows, there's fantasy shows on that side. There's shows for all 32 NFL teams. There's Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson and some great guests each week, including Mike Sando and Sage Rosenfels. On the NBA show, we've got Ben Golliver and Sam Amick. It's a uh, murderer's row of excellent podcasters and people you want to hear from on the NFL, NBA, college sports, uh, also baseball. Not, not entirely full on the baseball side just yet but we're working on it and you can still find if you have a team you like make sure you check it out and see if there is a corresponding lockdown show for that team there very well just could be uh, but thank you so much if you've subscribed rated reviewed on iTunes already I've asked you to do that a million times and for the people who have listened you're my favorite if you haven't done it yet I totally understand it's a lot to it's so much to do it just to go to iTunes and leave a five star review I know it's a lot of work but uh, if you want to take the very small amount of time it requires to do that I would very much appreciate that it is always helpful and always nice to hear the feedback, and it helps me inform what I'm going to do with the show going forward. So, uh, please consider doing that if you have not yet done it already. All right, on today's show, I'm joined by our pal Vivek Jacob. How's it going, buddy?
0: Pretty good, as always. It seems like everything is always rosy in Raptorland, except for that trip to Milwaukee. Yeah, that, even that, that, without yeah. Kawhi. So. Can't read too much
1: into it. Without Kawhi and Fred VanVleet and uh, OG Ananobi, which is probably three of the Raptors' seven best players?
0: And, yeah, probably three of the five best defenders, maybe?
1: And best shooters? Yeah, they're they're missing some good players for that game. And it didn't go great, but I didn't expect a game in which Lorenzo Brown and Malachi Richardson were playing meaningful bench bench minutes was going to go great. So um, I don't think there's all that much to take away from that one. Mostly, it was... I guess I was doing the me thing where I focus on the good things, and I was just really impressed with Pascal Siakam and Serge Ibaka mostly. But I suppose if there were things you could get upset about, you could. But they redeemed that with a game against the Sixers on Tuesday, which I talked about in today's episode that I put out a little earlier because I didn't do any on Monday or Tuesday because of life. So you can hear all about those games on that podcast that I put out just a little bit earlier, episode number 406 or whatever it was. This one... We're two weeks into the season, Vivek, and I thought it'd be a great time to throw some hyperbole at you and we can discuss it. Does that sound good? Well, I have three statements from the first two weeks of the season, mostly Raptors related, that I will throw at you. And uh, you can tell me if I'm insane, if I'm if I'm totally off base, or if you think they're, t- they're it's a totally legit thing to say after two weeks. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, let's Go. do this. Hyperbolic statement number one. The Toronto Raptors are clear favorites to make the NBA Finals, and it was absurd that we ever considered anyone else. What do you think?
0: Um, I think you're off base with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of intentional, but carry on.
0: (laughs) But, yeah. No, I mean, obviously there's plenty of reason to get excited. Um, The Celtics, I think... Are defensively have been incredible to start the season. I know offensively they've had a bit of a struggle figuring things out. Um, but I expect that to change over time. I expect Gordon Hayward to get more comfortable. Um, so I expect one of the Celtics or the Raptors uh, to be playing in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. So I definitely wouldn't put the Raptors down as a clear favorite if they do end up meeting Um in the conference finals, I think that would be an incredible series. Um, and the Bucks are very interesting too.
1: Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk I mean, about the Bucks in relation to this.
0: Yeah. I, and, you know, you look at the way they've completely overhauled their shot spectrum. Um, I thought Chris Middleton was incredible uh, in that game against the Raptors. Um, and he's been playing that way all season. Uh, so, Obviously, I think they deserve to be a part of the conversation with the way they've started out the season. We'll have to see if that can carry over um, for them to be, I think, a legitimate part of the conversation. But I think they have every reason to believe it. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't say the Raptors are clear favorites. Um, you probably, right now, based on the few six, seven games that we've seen, um you might have to put the bucks a shade ahead. Um, and then you probably go with the Raptors and the Celtics. Um, but going into the season, I, again, everyone was talking about the Celtics and the Raptors. Uh, so those are the two that will likely meet, I think. Mm-hmm. I think there's plenty of potential with the Celtics still. Um, and the fact that they're already where uh, people expected them to be defensively Um, I think their offense is only going to improve, right? And he seemed to improve as soon as he cut his hair. So, (laughs)
1: Um, I, I disagree when you say the Bucks are slightly ahead of the Raptors, just because I think maybe the Raptors have a more. Sort of impressive slate of wins so far, and yes, that Bucks game was a bummer. But again, as we talked about, you're not really taking anything meaningful from that. But the Raptors have beaten the Celtics, and now the Sixers. The Bucks have beaten the Sixers as well. Actually, I think they should kicked the Sixers. But um, like, I, I think the Raptors have. It's it's very interesting to compare the Raptors and Bucks because I kind of think they're sort of the in sort of the same vein of like team building and roster construction as each other, and kind of different from the Celtics, who the Celtics are kind of more of this, like, all right, all for one type of thing, where not there's not really a clear superstar or hierarchy, it's more just like, here's a lot of good players, and they're going to be very good together. The Raptors and Bucks obviously have noted hierarchies, where you have Giannis at the top of the Bucks, followed by Chris Middleton, who's extremely good, and then you have Kawhi for the Raptors, followed by Kyle Lowry, who's also extremely good, and I would argue is probably still better than Chris Middleton, but like very close. They're both extremely. They're both in the top ten right now in Basketball References MVP index. So um, like it's it's comparable from that regard as well. I think maybe the difference for me between the Raptors and Bucks is that maybe I trust the Raptors' rest of the roster a little bit more than Milwaukee's. Like Eric Bledsoe is always kind of a wild card to me. Um, Brook Lopez is rebounding horribly, which is strange. Um, and like it's nice that he's remade himself as a three point shooter, but. I, I still think I'd rather take Jonas Valanciunas or Serge Ibaka, especially this version of Serge Ibaka over Brook Lopez. And then I, I think maybe there's like a higher upside for a lot of the Raptors ancillary guys like Pascal Siakam, who, I mean, well, actually I have a statement about Siakam that I have prepared, but well, like he's been amazing. And I, I think just like once everyone's healthy, I think I like the rest of the Raptors roster more than the Bucks still. Still, I mean, Giannis is ridiculous. He might be better than Kawhi at this point, and he is uh, like he's an offense unto himself at this point. When you put four shooters around him, so they're not to be laughed at at all. And I think, I think, I predicted them to finish third in the East before the season because I thought it was going to work under Bud, and I thought Giannis was that good, and because there's some weird juju going around with the with the Sixers, but. Um, I think the the Raptors are still a hair ahead of the Bucks, and yeah, this like as much as we like to rag on the Celtics, I mean their defense is insane, and I think their offense will eventually figure it out. I based on the first game, and that's what are we really basing it on here? It's the first game that they played together against each other. Just like I, I do think Kawhi is kind of a really nice trump card for the Raptors to have in that. In that matchup, like he's just better than anyone on the Celtics, and I don't think it's like I don't think anyone on the Celtics is even gonna really contend with that this year, so I guess that's why I'd still put the Raptors. I think the Raptors are the favorites right now. Again, it's super early, and maybe the Celtics turn into this like offensive monster, the likes of you know the the 60 win Hawks or something like that, in addition to being an insane defense. But I, I just the Kawhi thing so far and how Kawhi's looked when he's played. Has kind of uh-huh. I I was kind of it's a it's a coin flip type thing going into the season, but the way Kawhi's played, and the way Kyle Lowry's played, have kind of swayed me to thinking maybe the Raptors are slightly ahead of the Celtics right now. But again, very very early, we're like one eighth of the way or one tenth of the way through the season, so a little too early for that. Um, we're gonna get to yes, my sorry, go I ahead. Want
0: to say, yeah, the one thing I do want to say, I, I just wanted to sort of clarify what I said about the Bucks in terms of putting them ahead in terms of the seven games that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, I, I was just trying to assess them in terms of who is closest to their theoretical ceiling. Right. Right. And as good as the Raptors have looked um, in a much in the majority of play that they've had, I I do think that there's a long way to go for them still. Yeah. I that's mean, you fair. you even look at the way they closed out the game against the Sixers; it wasn't great. I think there's still a lot of stuff to figure out, which is part of why I'm so impressed with the Bucks—the fact that they've come along this fast Mm -hmm. uh, under Michael Knowles. Now obviously they will have bigger tests and we'll have to see how they come up in those games Um, but for now if I had to rank the three teams in terms of who is closest to their ceiling, I would say the Bucks then the Raptors than the Celtics.
1: Right, and I guess that's why I'd still put the Raptors and Celtics ahead in terms of, like, being the favorites, <laughs> just because I think there is a lot more for them to achieve. Like, the Raptors' ceiling is the team we saw in the last few minutes against Boston and Philadelphia, right, where they just, like, are so oppressive on defense and it leads to such easy offense and they just, like, come at you in waves. And that's their ceiling. Right. They're, they're, they're my God, their they're pull-away speed and those little moments where they kind of all figure it out and they have the right lineup out there and none of the Lorenzo Brown's not out there like they are they're truly exhilarating to watch so that that's the ceiling of them but I agree like they haven't been able to sustain that and like maybe it's not fair to ask them to sustain that level of play for longer stretches than they than they have already but it's uh it's certainly possible that they could do that for longer swaths of games. Before we get to my next hyperbolic statement, I want to tell everyone about our sponsor for today, and that is MyBookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week, and the truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out MyBookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in the business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I'd only recommend a service that to my listeners that's been good for me, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under, over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in a given game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. That is incredible. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that very generous offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim that amazing bonus of 100% up to $1,000. You play, you win, and you get paid at MyBookie. All right, Vivek. Statement number two. Hyperbolic statement number two. Hey, Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam is the closest thing the Raptors have right now to a third All-Star. Discuss.
0: Closest thing the Raptors have to a third All-Star. Oh, man. That is a very interesting one. Um, <laughs> I guess because of where he still has to go yeah, um, with his game, I would agree with you. Okay. Um, I think the other guy that you think of uh, right now would be Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Because the way he's played, Um, but it's just the way Serge Ibaka is playing; he's probably at his ceiling. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So yeah, I would agree with you, man. Siakam is the closest thing the Raptors have to a third All Star. You look at um, the ball handling that he's brought to the table this season especially pushing the ball off those uh rebounds um then you look at um he's sort of the one thing that i think is really important that will show more in the playoffs is the fact that now that raptors starting five Mm -hmm. uh you've got four guys that can create their own shot yeah um or at least have a go-to move and then the fifth guy is danny green yeah so that's that. that that's got to be really comforting for Nick Nurse. He, obviously, you look at Siakam with that spin move, where he can finish with the left or the right. Now, um, he seems to be pretty comfortable going either way. Um, and and then you look at the rebounding. Obviously, that's been an emphasis with that starting unit because that's been a weakness. Um, so, if, you know, he gets those fifteen boards the, last night. If he can keep building off that sort of help the Raptors starting lineup stabilize uh, the rebounding I think that'll be a significant concern that people can maybe worry a little bit less about mm-hmm. um, and then I, I think in terms of being an all-star those are the big numbers that people look for right can you get the points can you get the rebounds um, and then if he can make more of those uh, exciting finishes on uh, at the rim uh, you know he'll get into the conversation for sure in the next couple of years maybe
1: Yeah, maybe not for this season, Um, and a lot of that's because Serge is playing so well, and because, like, it's hard to have three All-Stars, but um, I do think the way he's played has been, especially the last two games, maybe this hyperbolic statement is just recency bias coming into play, but he's been so exciting to watch the last two games, and the thing that I I mentioned this on the earlier podcast I did today is that, like, it just seems like he's no longer just, like, a bit part of the offense who's kind of there to collect garbage buckets, like, it Mm -hmm. seems like they're actually you know, willingly and, you know, concertedly trying to work him into the offense and are, you know, looking at him when he has a mismatch and saying, all right, Pascal, like, you can beat Ersan Ilyasova. You can beat Dario Saric. We're going to give you the ball and we're going to have you go to work on them. And then he's going to go and shoot 75% on those push shots because no one can stop that in the entire league. Um, so they, they just seem to be looking for him more often. Obviously, if they're going to be turning their defense into offense in the way that they have been as well when they've been at their very best, then that only opens up more possibilities for Pascal to get on the board with points and, and you know highlight real dunks and stuff like that. It's uh, it's really encouraging. And we haven't even really seen, I mean, we've seen the defense, but really I think Kawhi's maybe stolen the show defensively this season and even Ibaka to a certain extent. Like, there's going to be times where Pascal's defense, his ability to sort of switch on to any position, you know, he's going to guard point guards at some point this year. He's going to guard wings. He's going to guard bigs. Like, he, it's going to happen. And I think that's just going to sort of color in more of his sort of case as a potential all-star down the road. Um, but I agree. Maybe not for this season because Surge has been so good. And if like there is going to be a third one right now, if you were to, I don't know, if you were to make an All Star gate, All Star team through the first eight games, like would Surge be on it? You think?
0: Man, that's tough. Um, I guess so. If, if you're thinking about the bigs, who who would be his competition? Um, Blake Griffin for sure. Oh, I guess Blake Griffin for sure. Giannis for sure. Embiid for um, sure. Embiid for sure. Uh, who else has been really tearing it up?
1: Like, I don't know That's if Horford's difficult. been doing quite enough.
0: Um, um yeah, I mean they'll, they'll probably vote him in. east legacy
1: probably, pick over Ibaka for sure. Him. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and then you know obviously Kevin Love's not there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, there's a chance. That's if, if I mean if if the Raptors come all of the All Star break or top of the East. Um, obviously, you expect Lowry and Kawhi to be there, um, and they'd have every case for a third guy. And if these are Serge's numbers at that point, was he yeah, at 16 and about eight rebounds a game, yeah. and the blocks? Um, then yeah, he should be there.
1: That's wild. Um, that's this might be the thing I've been most wrong about through two weeks. Is like I fully expected Jonas's minutes to go like way up. I thought he was going to be just like an integral part of the offense. I thought he was going to be able to subsist as a starter with, you know, the, the defensive help around him in a way that he hasn't in the past. And I thought that I was just going to see him go up to like 28 minutes a game and Serge was going to drop down to kind of where, like I thought it'd be almost the inverse of what it's at right now where Jonas is averaging like 19 or 18 minutes a game and Serge played 30 last night against the Sixers. Like it, I just didn't expect it to go this way, but... Hey, I mean, ride the hot hand. I would imagine at some point, you mentioned that like Pascal still has so much room to go before his ceiling. Ibaka might be playing slightly above his ceiling right now, is like hanging out on the roof for a sec, and maybe it'll crash through at some point. But um, like, if he just looks more comfortable as a center and like stunner that playing a position for the first time in four years has helped him. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really nice to see, and like the chemistry with him and Kyle is just it's come in such a long way. And he's, like, kind of abandoned three-point shooting a little bit. I mean, he did it against the Bucks, but for the most part, like, his attempts are down. I think he's only hit a few of them this season, and he's just kind of adopted the role of, you know, rim-running big man, and it's worked really well for him in a way that I didn't expect. So, shouts to Serge, man. He would be sort yep. of, I think, a fringy all-star right now if you were to vote today.
0: Um, and we should throw uh, Chris Middleton into that mix. I think he would oh, go down at forward because... Like they have Bledsoe and Brogdon at the guard positions, right? I guess that's so. true,
1: yeah. Um, maybe you could squeeze it out. The, 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 it's so stupid, the setup for positions. this should just have the 15 best players, but, or the 12 best players. It's
0: but. all positionless basketball now anyway.
1: Exactly. The Raptors, like, who, who, <laughs> who plays what position, really? Kyle Lowry? Maybe he's a center. He, he guarded Joel Embiid in the post just damn fine last night. Maybe he is a center. Um, let's uh, We'll get to the final hyperbolic statement in just a second, but first... Is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right here in this very space. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on their podcasts. And our demographic is 98% males with more education and earning than more traditional media audiences. If you want to have your company sponsor this podcast, please email me at sean.woodley1 at gmail.com. sean.woodley1 at gmail.com and we can get that process started for you. All right, let's get to hyperbolic statement Number three, Vivek, the Toronto Raptors' victory over the Washington Wizards in the opening week of the season broke the Wizards, and now the Wizards are going to be blown up by January. What do you think?
0: This is unreal. I mean... (laughs) It's my favorite shit ever. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see Garrett
1: Temple scolding Bradley Beal last night for, like, being a baby or something? I don't know exactly what he said, but it was amazing. Carrot temple yeah on the grizzlies when the grizzlies beat them last night he like oh. came up to bradley Beal after the game and like said something looked concerned and bradley wheel was like i don't know man and then he like said something else to john wall and john wall looked like upset it was amazing
0: i <laughs> know yeah. no, i need to see this i need to see this um but yeah one in six i think you know the the Wizards, they kind of held on to that sweep of the Raptors for so long, and then that was taken out of the picture with with the way the Raptors won last season in the in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean it's weird you, that whole situation. Um, but I think it starts at the top. You know, I think there's been all this talk about the sort of. Uh, what's the word for it? I mean, just the lack of chemistry between those guys. Yeah. Um. And and no one's really put their foot down and said, you know, hey, we can't keep doing this or, or something needs to change or you know. And now at one and six, if they keep trending this way, I, I don't think you have a choice. You you have to make a trade. Yeah. Um. And essentially, I think you're probably gonna have to choose between Bradley Beal and John Wall. Um. You probably. Uh, try to keep Beal because of that monstrous John Wall contract and the injury history that he's had. But um, either way, I don't, I don't see any easy solutions uh, for them. Um, it's a mess. It's a tire fire. I don't know what uh, they're going to do. Um, again, it all starts from the top and until they get that sorted. Um, who knows? Ernie Garfield is still the GM, right? What kind of question?
1: Of course he's still the GM. He's going to be the GM after the nuclear holocaust.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. I mean, so they've got a lot of problems that they need to fix. Um, did the Raptors break them? Yes. Why not?
1: I think they did, because had they won that game, they would have had a win before going out west on a road trip. In which, like, yeah, it's a western trip, and yes, they've played some easy-ass teams on this western trip, but... Um, like, I don't know, like maybe you have a little bit more mojo going out west. Maybe that Blazers win still happens and then you have two wins coming back home and you're like, okay, we got the tough part of the season out of the way. But with losing that game to the Raptors, who the Raptors didn't have Kawhi and were on the second night of a back-to-back and still like they sort of dominated that game from start to finish, I just think that broke their spirit in in an irreparable way and I love it so much.
0: Um... Kelly Oubre Jr. staring down Pascal Siakam with his team trailing by double digits. The most wizard shit that's ever happened. Key yeah. wizards.
1: Yeah, that entire game, that entire fourth quarter when the Wizards were like flirting with a comeback was the most wizard stuff ever. Bradley Beal hits a three when they're down whatever, 15, hits a three to make it a 12 point deficit and is like, yeah, let's flex, baby. And then, was that the game where uh, Markeith Morris tried to pull some, pull down someone's shorts on the Raptors too? Or was that a different game?
0: I can't no, that was, um, that was against Portland,
1: I believe. Right, that's right, yeah. Oh. Still, also the most wizard shit ever. Also, uh, Dwight Howard's back on Friday, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That'll help. That'll fix all of the problems that are going on there. Uh, they're my favorite team. I almost want them to not break it up because they're, they're just a treasure to watch and behold. Like, just the, the lack of self-awareness is kind of fun to watch, at least. But um, it's got to happen. The thing is, like, they should keep Bradley Beal. But if they're trying to trade and, like, kickstart a rebuild or something, John Wall's not getting them anything back. That dude makes, like, $200 million over the next five years. And I don't know what that was like. Wonky knees, and he looks like a little pudgy this season. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be wanting to trade for John Wall. Unless I'm like, a really dumb and desperate team. Hi, Phoenix. What's up? Um... And then, like, Bradley Beal is legitimately good and is the guy that scares me on the Wizards, actually. Whenever the Raptors play the Wizards, I'm like, all right, Bradley Beal is going to do something because he's really good. But he might also be the guy that fetches a lot in a trade because he has a reasonable contract. And because he doesn't have—I know he's had injury issues in the past, but he's kind of a couple of years clear of those at this point. And he's been more consistently good than John Wall, I think, so— I don't know. It seems like an impossible thing, and I'm not sure Ernie Grunfeld is the dude to figure it all out. So,
0: If you're Orlando, do you take a swing at John Wall? I mean, you look at their
1: point guard <laughs> yeah.
0: situation. Can't forever.
1: be any worse than DJ Augustine, man. Like, <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I might. I just, like, what do they trade for him? Um, I guess Vucevic could work. You know, the yeah. the... If there's something that the Wizards love, it's uh, paying in the teens millions of dollars to centers. So that would work. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, like, I don't know if I want to give up, like, Mo Bamba for, maybe you'd throw in Jonathan Isaac, but, yeah, that'd be, yeah, maybe maybe that's how you do it. You do, like, Isaac and Vucevic and whatever else salary junk you have to put on top of that to match Wall's contract coming in. And then yeah. you, if you have, like, Wall, Aaron Gordon playing the four with Bamba, maybe that actually looks like something. And obviously Terrence Ross, yeah. manning the wing. Like the, But uh, I almost
0: feel like that's the type of swing that they have to take.
1: Yeah. Like, imagine imagine being personal. so destitute as a franchise that your one swing is, I guess we have to trade for John Wall. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. Uh, I think we should wrap it there. This was fun. This is uh, – I'm getting a lot of pressure to keep these shorter, so I'm trying to keep it shorter. Vivek, thank Hi. you so much for coming on the podcast. This was great. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to promote right now?
0: Um, no, not really. Um, just keep an eye out for myself at Raptors Republic, at you know, The Athletic. I should have something coming for The Athletic soon uh, as well I'm on Jonas Valanciunas, so I'll cool. plug that. Um, but, yeah, the usual stuff. And on Twitter, I have Vivek Jacob.
1: Right on. You can find me at Woodley Sean. You can find my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors. There will be a podcast out this week about the Morris Peterson 3. Still trying to figure out exactly uh, what date that's going to come out on, but that will be out this week. And this starts the very first month of the Patreon page and the special project that I have promised to everyone who donates $7 or more will come out at some point in November so stay tuned for that as well. Very exciting stuff and uh, thanks to everyone who's already contributed. If you haven't, please consider it if you have the means and you want to support some stuff that you like. If if you like my all time raptor ranking, for example, this is kind of the, the the wheelhouse that I'm trying to uh you know preside in on this Patreon page. So please uh yeah, just check it, check it. Preside in? Reside in. That's what I'm yeah, pre- reside. <laughs> <laughs> Confuse myself with uh, me being a dummy. Anyway, uh that's gonna do it for today's episode. I'll be back again on Thursday with something. Keep an eye out. I'm not exactly sure what we'll do just yet, but stay tuned. And uh we will talk to you next time on Lockdown Raptors.